This episode of Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. This one is really special. Uh, this one's special just because of the reason that we were here in the beginning. Um, we wanted to bring um, awareness and give a voice to the black women that are often forgotten in this country. We are um, often overlooked um, and often unheard. And this this championship was was for them, for, for us. Um, you know, as a league of women, of black women um, and the latter of, of being different. Um, we have women out here fighting for the voice of black women in this, in this country. And so to be able to come out here tonight and win this, it's, it's a championship for, for little black girls and black women across this country, honestly. Um, you know, I, I said it, after the game when I was letting it all soak in, like I hope each and every one of them feel just as victorious in this moment as I do. Um, because you should, we see you, we hear you. Um, we acknowledge you and your life matters. And that was what the season was about. So to be able to win a championship um, with that message, with that on our minds, um, man, it's special and, and really historic. I, I'm I'm so honored and so thankful to be a part of that. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Thursday, women's basketball fans, and a special congratulations to the Seattle Storm for their. 2020 Wubble Edition WNBA Championship. I opened this show with a message from Alicia Clark, AC, two-time WNBA champion. If you don't know her story, I, I highly recommend you look it up. But for someone who has fought to stay in this league in one of arguably the greatest moments in her career for her to acknowledge black girls and black women, not just those of us in media, but all of us really, really moved me um, in a profound way that I'm not even sure I can put into words. And I know that Lindsay Gibbs had Ari Chambers on for the Wednesday show, and they talked about that. And so I wanted you to hear from AC, but we're going to continue on that train. I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, your Tuesday, Thursday host of Locked on Women's Basketball. And even before Alicia had her statements, um, we'll also hear from Sue Bird. I asked her about social justice after her win. The point is, the WNBA has social justice on their mind. Um, and yes, some some of it because they're being asked. And the, But the reason that media is asking about social justice more than ever before is because the WNBA has put social justice on their platform. So you heard from AC. I'll have a few clips from Kayla McBride 
and um, Sue Bird in this segment. And then the rest of the show, I'm going to share a powerful conversation that I had with Natalia Chanwa, who is on the executive board of the WNBPA, of course, also a leader for the Indiana Fever and of the Canadian women's basketball national team. This show, I'm calling it a love letter to black girls and women. And that's in the vein of the love letter that the Win With Black Women initiative wrote to the WNBA, not just to the black players, but to all the players. And so this show is all about love um, and all about the revolution of love. Um, For those who have been in activism and organizing, you often hear that love is revolutionary. And the reason that it is, is because when a society is set up to tell women, to tell black women, that they are inherently less than, that they deserve less than, by way of um, their gender or their gender expression, It is revolutionary to love yourself and to love other black women. And so I am raising my fist and opening my heart to everyone, especially the women who are listening to this show. And I'm so thrilled to share some of Natalia Chanwa's words later in the show and also how she's passing it forward and what her love letter or what she hopes her love letter of sorts will be um, similarly to what AC shared. So we have a great show and let's get started. Oh, I almost forgot. And actually let's start with this because Gary Kloppenberg, who has won a title as a head coach, um, interim of sorts, I suppose, with the Seattle Storm, was in the wobble with Seattle, has been putting on for social justice. And here's what he had to say for a little bit of background. There had been a list um, that a few columnists put out about the best athlete in Seattle. I remember one from maybe a year or two ago, I guess right around the time Seattle won their last championship. I'm not sure if there's another one, but uh, Gary was asked a question relating to where Sue Bird ranks as far as Seattle athletes, greatest Seattle athletes of all time. Here is his response. You know, is Sue Bird now the greatest Seattle sports athlete of all time? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on, on up there with those columnists, but uh, y'all, they all need to uh, take notice, I think, you know. But yeah, incredible. I mean, to, to think of what she's done through, you know, a couple of decades is, um, it, it's, it's really unprecedented, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the other side of that is a women's game. Uh, you know, hasn't gotten the respect, and, and, and partly because of the white guys that are writing those type of columns. You know, let, let's y'all, y'all white guys, wake up out there, man. You got a whole tremendous uh, gender that can flat out play basketball. So you know, maybe it's time to move into the uh, next century. I mean, do we not love Klopp? Do we not love Klopp? So if you don't want to listen to me when I say that white men need to get their stuff together. Listen to Klopp. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to save that clip. I'm sure it will come in handy. But 
we're congratulating Seattle, also have to congratulate the Las Vegas Aces. Unfortunately, some of what I talked about on Tuesday's show just didn't come to fruition for Las Vegas. Turnovers were a huge bugaboo, as Bill Ambeer said after the game. Um, but Bill Ambeer also uh, threw down the challenge card. So we have our full contingent next year. Um, we'll be more than happy to tee it up again with them. He is ready. He and his aces are ready for next season. And finally, to wrap the coverage of the championship win, we're going with Sue Bird. I was able to get in a question. Here is her reflecting on being the last, one of the last two teams standing in a season dedicated to women's basketball and justice for women. Thanks, Sue, and congrats, of course, to you and Seattle. Um, I do want to ask you about being one of the last two teams. I mean, um, especially given that um, players like Stewie, who we just heard from, um, but also Angel McCautry were very vocal coming into the Wubble about social injustice, and now you're the last two teams standing. What's your message about being able to carry that platform throughout the season? Um. Yeah, I just think, I mean, being the last two teams standing, uh, probably just the last two who can continue to, to kind of have this moment, right? Like a mic in front of our faces to be on live TV um, and to be able to have that platform. And so as the last two teams, we definitely wanted to just continue the message, um, continue to say her name, continue to make sure that Black Lives Matter. Obviously, everybody knows why we came here. I think we did. Looking back, an incredible job of being activists, of organizing, um, of really, I mean, I was gonna say like push the needle. I don't know if that's the right term for it, but it's sometimes hard. I, I said this the other day, it's sometimes hard to know the impact you're having, but there's been moments where we've actually been able to, to see it. And um, I'm just so proud of this, this league, these players, uh, it's been amazing. So, you know, in some ways, just an honor to, to be, part of the last two teams standing and, and an honor to, to continue the message, to continue to spread the message that we started. I mean, what's today? When did we get here? June, July. Thank you. Um, what we started July 6th. So that's all it's been. That's, that's what it means. What ultimately got Seattle their championship was that they were reliable. And you know what? We have several reliable sponsors here for the Locked On network. And today I'm going to talk to you about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can find everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, even carpet at rockauto.com. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for your professionals as they are for the DIY do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts available for your vehicle. Type locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, again, Lindsay Gibbs with special guest Ari Chambers did a great job of recapping the win, all of the tea, 
all of the great things that came out of the WNBA season and looking forward to what we have in store for the off season or the overseas season. So if you haven't listened to Wednesday's show with Lindsay Gibbs, highly recommend that. For the remainder of this show, you'll hear pieces of my conversation with Natalie Achanwa of the Indiana Fever. We open by talking again about the Win With Black Women love letter to the WNBA and WNBPA. If you missed last week's Thursday episode, highly recommend you check that out. It's linked in the description, but we kick off with Natalie discussing her reaction to the love letter. Okay, like love letter, we all kind of get a sense of what a love letter is, but like a love letter from black women to a majority black women league and uplifting their fight for social justice. I mean, what about that really, as, as the, as the young folks say, hits different, um, (laughs) you know, when, when you really sit back and think about, um, all of the things that black women carry on their shoulders. Um, hmm. Cause for me, it's really like the, the entire thing. Um, but if I could think of one uh, area that really stuck with me, it's when um, they mentioned the Ethiopian proverb that states, when spiders unite, they can tie up a lion. And for me, that quote in itself embodies our WMBPA as a whole. Because when we act or when we make decisions or when we stand, we stand together. And having women that excel in their field, having these powerful, strong Black women say, we see you, we see what you're doing, we see how you stand, um, it's reassuring, it's powerful, um, and it really motivates and encourages me personally and I know our entire PA to to keep fighting um yeah especially I was listening to the uh NECA and Dr. Cole talk on a on a also another podcast and hearing Dr. Cole speak like it gave me chills it gave me chills (laughs) Because sometimes it feels like this is so heavy that we're taking on so much, but it was a great reminder, not only of the why we need to keep fighting, but a reminder that we stand with and we stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm. Yeah. Dr. Cole is pretty powerful. (laughs) She is is everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then at the same time, like, it's humbling. It's humbling to see these greats, <laughs> like I said, activate activists, like true activists. Like we were thrown into activism in a sense, mm. but they do this. The way I invest and commit my life to basketball, they invest and commit their life to this. They are the pinnacle of activists <laughs> and educators and entrepreneurs. And other athletes, like we were being mentioned in the name, like in the same breath as uh, Wilma Rudolph and Serena and Venus Williams. Like 
chills. <laughs> chills to know that we are seen. Yeah. I was talking with Elizabeth Williams a little bit about this yesterday, and, and I think um, I'll also ask you, um, you know, you also have a, a unique uh, vantage point than the majority of WNBA players in that you also represent a, a different country. I mean, you're Canadian. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, while North America, I think, although I get the sense that Canada speaks on and, and kind of thinks about racism a little bit differently, um, mm-hmm. I get the sense that perhaps being Canadian and, and being obviously so... Um, close to the United States in proximity ge- geographically, that maybe some of these conversations were even a little bit um, more familiar to you than perhaps players that are coming literally from across the world. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if, ha- have there been conversations about how to maybe embrace the opportunities to help uh, athletes that really want to talk about racism, but specific to their country or the the part of the world that they come from um have have any of those conversations come to light uh throughout the wobble season or maybe just in passing a couple pieces (laughs) to that um racism exists in canada period (laughs) it exists all over the world right unfortunately just here in the u.s it's more in your face it's more deliberate um, in Canada, there are it's there are still areas of law. There are still pieces that do not allow for the success of Black people or people of color or Indigenous people, especially in Canada. Mm-hmm. We talked about mental health being a huge thing um, that I speak about in my platform and something that hits close to home with me while we were in the Wubble had a conversation with Kayla Gray and we were discussing that during a crisis, during a pandemic, people needed mental health checks. This is in Canada. People needed mental health checks and were being murdered in their homes or were being murdered where they were calling for help because a similar issue in the U S police are not adequately trained to deal with mental health crises. Mm. That's something that doesn't isn't just prevalent in the U.S. Right. In Canada as well. It's a part of a system that needs to be changed. That needs to, you're seeing it in pieces of different areas now, but these are things that need to be happening at the federal level. These need to be happening at the top of the government. These need to be, the Prime Minister of Canada, Trudeau, needs to be putting these in place at the top level federally in the U.S. Uh, international players. I think that I'm, when you were saying that, I was picturing my teammate, um, uh, Julie Aleman, hmm. um, in some of our side conversations as we are, as we are going through our individual Indiana Fever in, um, initiatives. English isn't her first language, so I'm sending group messages about, hey, we need to decide on different groups. And then I'm having side conversations with Julie because she is invested in learning more and taking those back to Belgium with her. Mm. We talked about her shoes and how she had a message of standing together and having the Belgian flag on there as well and saying that, once again, racism isn't exclusive to the U.S., 
And the third point I wanted to make was, oh, yeah. Yes, I'm Canadian. Yes, I was born in Canada, but I live here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I always say this in my group and because that's the most important is first you got to tackle your own group, right? You got to tackle your own family, your own home before um, you try to reach out elsewhere. I can't vote. I live here. Mm. I own a home here. I have a family here. But I can't vote. So when, you, when my friends have the privilege to vote and haven't registered, best believe I'm blowing up their phone. Because if you're not going to vote for yourself, go vote for me. Mm. And I'm not telling you who to vote for. That is your right. But it is a disadvantage to me, someone you call a friend or family. It is a disadvantage to the kids that are running around my house right now. It's a disadvantage to anybody in your family that doesn't have the privilege to vote, to not utilize your right. And then I'm sending them, hey, go work the poll, go work the poll, uh, to go work the poll, uh, the link to go sign up for that. Because that's something else I I explored. I can't vote, so maybe I can help work the poll, because especially in Marion County here in Indianapolis, you're you're seeing a huge deficiency in poll opportunities, which, Hmm. yes, there's early voting, but it's still going to lead to long lines, and we're going to (laughs) have difficulties voting here. So I said, okay, let me try to go see if I can work a poll and maybe help my community. Can't work a poll. Only can you work a poll is if you're in Indiana, if you're a citizen um, and have the ability to vote. Mm. So now I'm exploring other options. I found another group that I don't know if they're going to let me help, but they provide rides to um, to um, people that are trying to vote here in, in uh, Indianapolis. So that's going to be my next reach out to see if, hey, maybe if I can help transportation or maybe there's something I can help on the on the day of in November. So yeah. I'm trying, but um, this is home for me. So regardless of if I'm a citizen or not, I will do my part to help my community. And Natalie Achanwa talking about being Canadian but owning property and, and calling... Indiana, calling the United States home, she is charging herself and hopefully others, even if you're not able to vote, to do something to promote the exercise and the right of American citizens to vote. I really appreciated that from Natalie. And coming up, uh, there's so much that these WNBA players are doing and Natalia Chanwa gave me a glimpse of what she has coming down the pike after the election and hopefully in the future to make everything that bet on women and say her name stands for and I must admit uh, I got emotional Natalie got emotional um, but this is the revolution of love so coming up next you'll hear from Natalie about what she has in store for the future. So not only do we have reliable partners, but we have partners that help keep us going. The Wubble season, even from a distance, was a lot to take in. There were times you're sitting for hours in front of a screen on Zoom conferences, setting up podcast interviews, and of course, watching games. And one way to keep healthy and nutritious while doing that is by our friends Built Bar. And the improved Built Bar is even 
deliciouser than before. And why? Because they have amazing flavors. Caramel brownie. Who doesn't love caramel brownie? Cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. Their 12 original flavors are still available, so make sure that you check that out. All of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health conscious person. You can use Built Bar to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which makes them great for the keto diet. And so Built Bar, they have another promo code for our listeners and you get a free cooler with every purchase while supplies last. So it's only going to last for a little bit. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I asked um, I asked Liz this and I, I'm curious to get your thoughts. I wonder if you've ever stopped to think that maybe what the WNBA has committed to and, and what you have committed to for this season is a love letter to someone else. That's a really interesting way or, or to put it. Um, hmm. I've never exactly thought about it that way, but I know for me a big why in why I do anything, why I play basketball, <laughs> why I sacrifice all that I do for this sport is for the next generation. Growing up, I had a little bit of a reverse role model. My first quote unquote role model was my younger sister. Any decision, any action, anything I did, I always had in the back of my mind as part of my why is, would Kendra, my sister, would she be proud of me? Would she be able to say, Natalie is someone that I look up to? Natalie is someone that makes me proud. And now that we're both grown women, that's expanded over to young girls and boys in Canada, young boys and girls here in Indiana, anyone that I can interact with all over the world. Is am I being a leader? Am I being somebody that is strong? Am I being somebody that is true to who they are? Am I being somebody that aims to help others? So that's why I do it anyways. So I never thought about it as a love letter or somebody else might be looking at us in that way. But I know that embedded in my why is for the next generation. So hopefully the way we're looking at Dr. Cole and Wilma Rudolph and everyone, all the 200 black women that wrote this letter, the way we're looking at them, hopefully someday there'll be another generation that's looking at us in the same light. I love it. I love it. But the work's not over. I mean, you're not in the wobble, but um, from, uh, you know, you're still a part of obviously what, what is happening, especially at the leadership level. Um, so so what's next? I mean, what are the, the short term, intermediate and long term um, goals and expectations um, 
and from you, I mean, I think I get a general sense of, of where the WNBA is at, but, um, you know, for you, what, what does this, uh, this next few weeks, months, um, and heading into the 25th anniversary, I mean, what does that look like for you or what do you hope it looks like? Uh, well, right now my, with being so close to the election, of course, my focus has been on that and how I can help, how I can still be a part of this democracy that I live in, how I can help uh, my community. And also, uh, earlier in the summer, I announced a partnership with um, the Madam Walker Legacy Center uh, for my women, Black Women Entrepreneurship Grant. And we actually just closed um, the application process at the end of September. So in the next week, I'll be connecting with them to see what's next, how we can go through the applications, select the four women that will receive the $2,500 grant, um, and how we can help those women uh, grow successful businesses. Um, I was just thinking there in the same lines that we were saying, um, standing on the shoulders of giants. In my head, when I think of this grant program, I think of like I have this, just this picture, this imagery of just a black woman standing strong in her two feet. And my goal and my hope is to help provide the capital, but also the resources for a woman to establish a business of her own that can hopefully be and provide generational wealth, generational roots, to help hopefully one woman, one family, or four women, four families um, own something of their own. That's what I think of when I think of the grant program. So that's what I'm, I'm gonna be focusing on um, in the short term right here. I love that. And I also love that it's named after Madam CJ Walker, which yeah. <laughs> is, is amazing. Um, yeah. so that's a, that's a fantastic, I actually live in New York. And so the mansion that she bought as kids, we used to go to that place all the time. And it just yeah. was, you know, growing up, I was like, Oh yeah, black women own mansions. No big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's, Oh, like just, just the little thought of that is, is, is literally the like if I could put your little story in, in a book that is why we do what we do just the smallest thought of you saying yes black women own mansions is the goal I have for any time I speak any time I play a basketball game any time I have the privilege to be on tv or in front of groups at camps is for little girls to think I can do that I can own that. I can be that. I can stand on that stage. <laughs> Sorry. <it's laughs> please, that, uh, please don't yeah, apologize. I love it. <laughs> that is, that is the, the heart of my why is for little black girls and little black boys to be able to uh, <laughs> say, I could do that. I could be that. That's why uh, representation matters. Representation in roles that um, are powerful and people um, that are leaders in their fields to give uh, at least that little bit of hope that um, 
that they can be whoever they want to be or do whatever they want to do. Being able to share that moment with Natalie um, was really impactful for me. And in case you don't know, Natalie Achanwa is the 2020 recipient of the Don Staley Community Leadership Award that's given every year by the WNBA to a player recognized for her leadership um, and who has demonstrated outstanding community and team leadership. So in recognition of Achanwa winning this award, $10,000 will be donated in Natalie's name to the Madam Walker Legacy Center in Indianapolis. Um, the funding will assist four female startup entrepreneurs who will also receive business and professional development training as part of the partnership that Natalie just talked about. Um, and that's a true story. Growing up in Westchester County, that's where I did my schooling, Westchester County, New York, there is a mansion on the riverbank, the Hudson River, that uh, was previously owned by Madam C.J. Walker. And I knew that growing up as a kid because that legacy was shared through other uh, community organizations that would take us. Um, we'd have, we'd run around the yard and we'd have leadership training and development at the former mansion of Madam C.J. Walker. And if you don't know who Madam C.J. Walker is, there'll be a link in the description, but also there's a, a new Netflix series that, um, tells you all about Madam C.J. Walker, the first black woman millionaire in the United States. I'm going to leave you with a few other words from Natalie Achanwa. And remember, this is a revolution of love, this podcast episode, and this is dedicated to black girls and women, but especially those who love, um, support, and write about podcast, video blog, um, do social media for the WNBA. And, and I hope in this last clip that you'll hear from Natalie that you understand why um, I've dedicated this show to us. Um, and that's because Natalie has done so. And so before I, I, I cut to that, though, again, thank you for listening to Locked On Women's Basketball. It is an honor to be one of three women that co-hosts this show and to be the only black and Latina on this podcast network for women's basketball in particular. And so, again, uh, we appreciate your support. We look forward to continuing our coverage of women's basketball. And make sure you're following Locked On WBB on social media. And you can follow me, elindsay 8 on social media, Twitter and Instagram in particular. And finally, to close out this love letter, here is Natalia Chanwa. Wow. Yeah. I can I can hear the passion. Um, I love it. Um, and thank you for mm. for everything, for everything that you do. Um, before before I let you go, um, is there anything that we talked about that you'd like to amplify again, or maybe something that we didn't touch on that you think is important when thinking of, again, the love letter and perhaps, you know, the, the love letter that you and the WNBA hope to send? Um, um, I don't think I said thank you. Um, to this group of strong, black, powerful women to the leaders of their fields, to everyone that took the time to say, we see you, 
we stand with you. That sense of solidarity, I don't know if they realize how much impact that has and how much more strength that has given me and my sisters of the WMBPA to continue to fight. But just thank you to Win With Black Women, to Dr. Cole, and to everybody that um, took the time to amplify us. Yeah, it was powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. And I hear there's, there's more things to come, um, for, for the Wubble and, and ways to have other people, um, show their love and support for the WNBA. And all I have to say to that is it's about damn time. So yeah, yeah. You and me both. Eh? <laughs> but that's also, that's also a thank you to you. That's also a thank you to everyone that has covered the WNBA and everyone that has faithfully covered us Regardless if, if, regardless if you get the notoriety, regardless if you get the, the big pat on the back, you guys continue to show up for us. And that means a lot to us. And you might not always get the thank yous, but right now I want to make sure that it's, it's known that we see you as well and that we appreciate you because that's often how our stories get lost is if they don't get told and you guys are a big piece of that. So thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And I know that there are a lot of, of us who have our own <laughs> group chats and stuff that yeah. will appreciate that. So I'm, I'm very honored to, um, to share that message and, and thank you for that. No problem. 